This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Again, it's been a couple weeks. Um, life has been intruding for me. Uh, uh, Tony's probably been well, very every night. But uh, given my, my intense preparation for each show, I need, <laughs> I need many hours, um, yeah. you know. And so I'm just I'm complaining that the production values, the consistency, it's all, <laughs> it's all been really substandard lately. By the way, my wife once again uh, told me that it's very annoying to her that we have not changed the introduction to say friends who always agree about everything except perhaps uh, restaurant service and football. That should be the new intro. That's pro. <laughs> it's not nearly as catchy, though, is it? It's no, it doesn't seem as catchy, but this is a very, this, this vexes her to no end that we have misrepresented the level of disagreement. Of course, again, I played no role in the bumper uh, music or introduction. So that's all on you. That is true. So I will uh, tell your wife, I am sorry for again, disappointing her on the validity of our, our intro and bumper and um, all production values rests solely on me. I totally take the blame for that. Thank you. She feels really it's a violation of the consumer protection law. It's an unfair, unfair representation. So, well, she's probably not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'll take that for what it is. She's probably not wrong on any of that. And, um, I apologize yet again. Well, and so while you've been off twiddling your thumbs and doing nothing else, um, really nothing's been happening, right? No, no, no. Well, <clears throat> so, um, I was told earlier this week, again, by my betters, uh, that I don't actually understand what I've heard in the past. I just, <clears throat> what I heard wasn't wrong. It, it goes back to that. We've always been at war with East, uh, East Asia or whatever, whether the, the 1984 yes. reference. Yes, we have uh, always been. And, and, and never otherwise, because I was told by Jen Psaki this week that it was the Republicans who want to defund the police. And I want to play her clip because <laughs> I this mean, is you got to give her credit. You just have to give them credit for how absolutely brazen they are. So yes, please, please play yet another of Jen Psaki's greatest hits. Here you go. The thought there basically that somebody, some criminal who has been committing crimes with limited interruption or interference from police for the last couple of weeks or months is going to stop this easy life of crime. If they have a summer job. Well, I think the president believes that we shouldn't and we shouldn't allow access to guns to those criminals who are currently illegally buying them from some dealers across the country. And part of his announcement is taking steps to do exactly that. But part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country, something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was supported that was voted into law by Democrats just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but that's a piece. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't have a comment you on that what, because <laughs> you know what this brings to mind. The first thing it brings to mind is is remember when our friend was consistently bashing on um, Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee yeah. Sanders, for being 
a prevaricating mouthpiece for uh-huh. the evil emperor. And how could she in good conscience go up to the podium and spew these falsehoods day after day? And he rendered his garments and he got up on his soapbox and it was just, just high dudgeon and indignation. Sarah Sanders has never said anything close to that <laughs> outrageously false in, in, I think in her entire life. I mean, I also love the flourish where it's like now some would say I'm not I'm not saying yeah, that um, say some it. might say the other party wanted to defund the police. Uh, are, do you which which parties do you is there another party I'm not aware of Miss Psaki in America? <laughs> I mean, un, unbelievable. And what did she say at the beginning of that little spiel? Um, uh, well, introduced. He was asking her about. Um, they think if they get, if they get jobs for these criminals, they'll just stop being criminals. Oh no, no, her part about well, uh, there there's many criminals that are presently across the country obtaining guns illegally from a variety yes. of, of we, uh, ro- we have roving loopholes across the country that because all of the criminals, as you know, go to Gander Mountain and Cabela's and all of the major gun shows to purchase their Glocks with these serial numbers filed off of them. These people are just, see, the thing is, well, I used to be able to give them the, the benefit of the doubt like 19 years ago. So that hasn't been for a while, but what, what this demonstrates is that she knows that she can literally say anything, anything, and it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter what she says because no one's going to question it. Nobody's going to call her on it. How many follow-up questions do you think you could have asked of her just in that snippet? Just in that snippet alone should have been an hour-long press conference. Because Where's your, what, what statistics are you citing, Ms. Psaki, about criminals that are buying all their guns illegally across the country? Is that something that the DOJ has been investigating recently? Um, uh, you're uh, claiming that the Republican Party uh, wants to defund the police. Can we watch 20 minutes of video of Portland uh, going on? Who Who's in charge there? Yeah. Is, that, Port- is Rudy Giuliani running Portland? Yeah. Well, she's talking about criminals buying weapons illegally they're criminals they can't buy weapons legally anywhere it's not possible oh but they are though see because she knows she Uh, just knows that they are hauling them out by the crate load from all of these gun shows that the QAnon militia members attend and joe but joe biden's going to do something about that chad joe biden's going to do something he's going to do the same thing he did before which is nothing because Gander Mountain is, as you said earlier, I, I watched The Godfather. I did not see them run down to the local hobby shop to get a gun. You know, they just they just got them from people who got them from other people. You know, confiscation stuff where they just, a crooked cop was supposed to dispose of them and it didn't, didn't happen. Right. On the Sopranos, you know, it's going to be, uh, one of the soldiers shows back up to talk to Tony and says, uh, where, where's the guns? Oh, well, I, I went down to the box store, but... They're requiring a background check, expanded background <laughs> check. Can't can't get them. Can't get them. It's amazing <laughs> to me. <laughs> and then the, the audacity to say that maybe the Republicans wanted to fund. Maybe. Because right. they support this bill, which was totally passed by the Democrats. That was the only thing in the bill that even seemed remotely honest. And you're right. Go, go look at history. It's. It's it's so brazen to me that you can look at anything in the last year and know that what you're saying, what I'm hearing 
does not match up to anything I've actually seen. It's totally wrong. And yet you're saying it with a straight, well, kind of a smirk. She always smirks. But why do you think I'm supposed to buy that? And again, other than Peter Ducey, I don't really see anybody in the White House press corps because the next day she was interviewed on MSNBC and fawning praise how everybody in that room just really respects you, Jen. They really think you're yeah. really on top of things. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, and you know what? And Jen, Jen demonstrably thinks all of all of those individuals are idiots. And yes. I would love to have somebody from the press corps that has, I don't know, a, a shred of remaining dignity, self-dignity say, how stupid do you think we are? I mean, okay, yeah. let's have a team huddle. We're all <laughs> on the same team, but, you know, Jen, you, you got to knock it off because we can't, we just can't do it. I can't keep a straight face here. The camera <laughs> might be on me. Uh, I mean, it is, it's just incredible. It, it is, but here's what I keep trying reminding people. It doesn't matter if a group of people thinks you're doing a good job. It doesn't mean you're doing a good job. It just means they think you are, or they're telling people they think you are. A group of reporters who thinks a liberal press secretary is doing a good job based on liberal reporters telling her she's doing a good job. Does that mean she's doing a good job? One has nothing to do with the other. Well, but that has always been the chief function of the press, Chad, right? Is that they, they're there to tell the president and his mouthpiece that they are doing an excellent job. That's really their primary role, as, as I understand it, is to prop up whatever, whatever regime is in authority. I think that's been the New York Times uh, mantra yes. since its inception. I mean, I know that they, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they liked Stalin a lot. Um, yes. They want a Pulitzer <laughs> for that. But yeah, it's the 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 toadyism. Again, you would think that at least some of these people would go home to a spouse or to friends who would say, "Hey, listen man, like I'm with you on the woke stuff, right? But like you you guys you need to you need to do something. You're this is pathetic. Like are you going to ask them any questions? You know, like have you noticed uh, are we going to talk about the um I wrote the bill did you see that performance by joe the uh the whispering routine the manic whisperer yes yeah or, or, you know, so again are you guys going to ask him any questions about um i don't know like do you know what city you're in right now do you know no. do you know what month it is i, I mean the man I, we keep saying this but it's very important we've i don't think we have ever in our nation's history, and our friend, our friend who loves who loves to to data mine our history, Chad, sure. and you're actually more knowledgeable about American presidents than I am. Okay, have we ever in the nation's history had a president who is visibly and objectively neurologically declining in front of our eyes to the point where the man goes for I don't know six seven seconds where he says nothing, where he not just doesn't just make verbal gaffes, forgets names. He is self evidently. Uh, I don't know whether he. I'm not a doctor, uh, but he. I have read a lot of other doctors who have said he's got yeah. some kind of neurological deficits that are accelerating, and we are just supposed to continue to pretend that it's it's all great. It's the yeah. little dog meme sitting in the burning house. This is fine. This is fine. Okay. Well. Some could say Reagan in the last couple of years of his second term, he, he, he didn't perform this way, but he was in uh, the early stages of Alzheimer's at that point. 
Okay, just, fair enough. I didn't know that. But if we're talking about an acute difference, uh, Wilson had a stroke in uh, 1919, and his second wife effectively was governing the country because she wouldn't let anybody have access to him. He was cognitively incapable. And here's the, here's the weirdest part about this. He still wanted to run in 1920 for reelection. Now that nobody had ever run for more than two terms, he had a stroke and was incapacitated and somebody convinced him that maybe he could run again. Thankfully he didn't because he might've won because people were dumb enough to do that. But yeah, I don't think there's been in the modern era outside of Reagan having cognitive decline, but being kind of pushed, handled. I think when you're what you're talking about, uh, he was at the uh, Biden was at the G7 and wandered into the wrong restaurant, and his an aide had to come and get him. Jill Biden was given a speech, and she had to tell Joe to sit down because he apparently didn't know it was time to sit down, even though everybody else around him was sitting down. And I think what, if you've ever seen somebody with a mental decline, and I have, I had my uh, step-grandmother uh, had dementia, and it was constant, you had to give cues. You need to sit down, or you need to stop talking, or you need to you know, fold your hands, or whatever you're supposed to do. She couldn't do that, and I see that with what's going on with Joe. Now, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor either, but I definitely see some things that make me question who's running the country. Because it, it isn't Joe, you know, and, and maybe we put too much in the president to do all that. And it really isn't him doing it, him or her eventually doing anything special. But you're projecting to the world that you don't even know how to get to a meeting. You don't, you don't even know how to behave at a speech. You don't know where you are, when you are, how you are most of the time. And it's very obvious to anybody looking outside. And forget our allies. I don't even, the well, allies. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? What about China? What about Russia? Exactly. Our enemies are supposed to look at that and go, hmm, what would I do if I knew the person at the head of the table doesn't know where he is most of the time? I'm going to push a certain agenda. I mean, we saw that happen with with, uh, Hong Kong where they shut down the free press, whatever that was left of, Apple News over there, not the same Apple News for for U.S., Uh, but it, it was shut down. We what have we said? We said nothing. Even Mitt Romney, who doesn't have a a a hawk brain in him, still said something about that. Biden hasn't said a word. Nothing. I, because I don't think I don't think Biden even knows that happened. And if he did know that it happened, he would forget two minutes later. And they can't risk having him talk about it because after three seconds, he would not know where he was or what he had just been mentioning. And I, and I actually, I, you know. That sounds like I'm making a joke. I'm not making a joke. You watch no. him consistently. He trails off and has mm-hmm. no idea what to say when he is being teleprompted. Yes. Yes. He can't even read what's on for. Well, the obvious example is when he talked about gun rights and having you need an F-15 and a nuclear weapon to go take on the government. And you're like, <laughs> What? What? I don't understand. Huh? I mean, we, we laugh, but th- this is this is not this is not really a laughing matter. And as you point out, the the communists in China, in particular, are looking at this guy and saying, "We have a four year window of opportunity 
mm-hmm. to con- and and of course they have been advancing their uh, military and economic interests uh, for a long time. Uh, yeah. And in fact, in ways where we have not really been paying attention and we should have been. But if you don't think that they view this as an incredible, incredible chance for them, and this is what they want. They want to be the global superpower. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They, they first of all recognize that look how easily our media and our uh, the, the sort of the elect of our culture, as John McWhorter would call them, have eagerly spread all of their propaganda they do they do our bidding because they need all our money because we're Mm -hmm. so enmeshed in all of their particularly big tech all of that and so now we've got a guy in the presidency i i really fully believe that there will be an increasing effort i don't know in what form it will take i'm not suggesting it's necessarily going to be a military attack but they are going they recognize that this man is not fit uh Mm -hmm. to to run a lemonade stand and they're going, look, you're an idiot. If you think that these countries are not assessing exactly how far they can push the envelope during this time period, because this may never present itself again. No. Well, not in the the same situation. I was told prior to uh, Biden meeting with Putin that Biden was going to stand up to Putin. That's what I was told by this enamored press who thinks that Biden is something he isn't and hasn't ever been suddenly did, did you read i think it was jim shudo i don't know how you pronounce his last name shudo it's like s-c-i-u-t-t-o i forget which which member of the hive mind he works for did you see the tweet where he he tweeted something out uh, along the lines of joe biden looked in putin's eyes and putin had to look away as if it was uh as if it was clint eastwood uh i mean he, he had to look away probably because he even Putin felt embarrassed for the man. Yeah. He's wearing aviator shades like Maverick meeting the queen. I was joking with my buddy. I, I don't think he even knew who the queen was. I think he thought she was part of Hogwarts. <laughs> he might have. He might. Well, <laughs> even at the introductions at the G7, he's he's he interrupts Boris Johnson and says, well, you didn't introduce the president of South Africa who Boris Johnson had literally just introduced. And Joe Biden's sitting next to, I'm like, huh? This is, this is the man. Now I think the G7 is a joke because it's not really seven. So whatever, but you're putting, you're putting trust in this man and whomever is picking his people around him to do something to lead the country. It it does. It does make you wonder. and, And I've said this many times. I think you've said this. Why do we invest so much power in the president? Constitutionally, it wasn't there. They've usurped and taken from Congress. Congress just has their back for most of the time. But why are we putting so much of everything we do in any one person? It's crazy if you think about it. Uh, It's it's nigh on dictatorial in a lot of senses. And I'm really concerned because, again, Reagan was probably our closest one recently who might not have had a mental... Uh, ability to handle every situation. Biden went in with no mental capacity to handle anything. And it shows every day. And our betters keep telling us how he's doing a wonderful job. But I'm sorry, I, you telling me he's doing a wonderful job does not match up with what I'm seeing. And you can't unscript everything or you can't, I'm sorry, you can't script See, everything. I would, have, I would have far more respect for these people if what they said was, you're right, Joe Biden is, uh, 
50% mentally diminished to the point where he has a lot of other people that have to tell him what to do. But you know what? I don't care. I hate Trump so much and think he's so awful that this is still a better situation. Now, I would think that's an absurd position, but I would at least respect that position because it recognizes reality. So Mm -hmm. all of these people that we're referencing who found every single thing that Donald Trump did to be, uh, you know, an atrocity subject to, you know, a revisiting of the Nuremberg trials, they just have decided, see, this is why I can't take our friend seriously. Mm -hmm. And I can't take others like him seriously because see, here's the thing. He looks at us and doesn't understand how we could possibly find anything of uh, merit with Donald Trump. But neither you nor I have ever said that Donald Trump is a man of character, that Donald Trump is a statesman, that Donald Trump has led a moral life, that Donald Trump is anointed by God. None of this malarkey that you hear from certain people who are slavishly dedicated to Trump. What we did say, I think, by and large, is Donald Trump's policies – um, are, in my view, far preferable from any standpoint, including a Christian standpoint, than those that are being pursued by the increasingly radically left-wing Democratic Party. And when I balance a candidate and evaluate what I want to vote for, particularly in a binary choice election, I can't pick the third guy that I want that it was an easy call for me on policy. And we've talked about the fact that we both, I think, respect people who differ, uh, like John Piper and others. But here's the point. We've never said, as as essentially these people are saying now of Biden, oh, Trump's the best. Trump, Trump is, um, I don't know, he, he he's a saint. He's No. So they don't, but they refuse to acknowledge what is unfolding in front of their eyes. Meanwhile, they were eagerly banging the drum. Remember, this was, I think, within a month after Trump won the election. People were talking about the 25th Amendment relating to Trump because, oh, yeah. he's so he's so angry and he's so impetuous and he's going to hit the nuclear easy button. We need to get a team of special electroshock psychiatrists in there to, to drag him out. And now deafening silence. Mm-hmm. Has our friend played a single video? I, I don't think our friend is even potentially aware of, I mean, you could do a loop, a four-hour loop of what Biden has done in the last six months where mm-hmm. you're staring at it saying, this man is gone, right? This man has no business being any position of authority. And it's frankly cruel to allow him to prop him up like some some pawn and that's exactly what he is because they need a front man and then whoever is behind the curtain is deciding policy it's just unbelievable i I think if you're not intellectually honest about what's in front of you so if you want to pay play the role of i'm going to be the person who looks critically at every president that's fine then look critically at every president you are 100 percent right in what, what i have felt about trump it's a binary choice. It was a binary choice in 2016. It was a binary choice in 2020. Trump was not the person I would have chosen in 2016 or 2020 if I had chosen the candidate. But he was the choice that was available to me, and compared to the, the person he was going against, he was the better choice from my opinion. That's it. Now, you can say I, I was coming from a wrong place. I was one one. Uh, one issue person, as our you friend always cast talks. aside your principles in the pursuit of power, Chad. But what I would say is, who didn't? He did the same thing. 
Our friend did the same thing. Just he, I, I, I say this again. If Donald Trump hadn't said the words and somebody else said the same words, maybe not the same tone, not have the same background, but said the same words, they would have been accepted as, oh, that's great. But because Donald Trump said it and you hate Donald Trump, it became awful. Um, we're, t- we're told that the, November, the January 6th riots were an attempt to overthrow the government. Now, I will point out, and nobody has nobody been able to show so far, not a single one of these rioters, and I don't think they should have done what they did, and I think they should be punished. Of course not. If you can prove so. None of them had guns. But okay? they, did have, they did have an F-15 on the mall, Chad. Apparently, they had an F-15 and a nuclear weapon in a suitcase waiting to go in. If, if you're trying to overthrow the government, an organized GOP overthrow the government, which it wasn't, would you choose any of these people? I mean, seriously, the, the guy walking around with the buffalo horns, that's, that's your, the best you can come up with a 330 million people is a guy wearing a buffalo costume or a gentleman putting his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk or somebody taking the lectern. It, does this sound like somebody or a group of people trying to overthrow the government? It, it does not to me. Now, no, maybe I'm wrong. Well, it, and in it, fact, well, so on the one hand, we hear from the usual suspects. Uh, we, we, you know, there's a there's a vast and shadowy contingent of um, homicidal, jingoistic, camo wearing, pickup truck driving, uh, Rambo watching rednecks, right? Trump voters sure. who are armed, armed to the teeth, Chad, with all manner of what is the, what's their phrase? Weapons of war. They have their home defense uh, bazookas. They've got their over under grenade launchers from aliens, right? So this is the crowd that we're consistently told is a threat, is an existential threat to democracy. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? If those people had showed up at the Capitol, and by the way, there's a whole bunch of people that have a whole bunch of guns. And so, in other words, you have portrayed this threat and said, look at what they have. Look what they can do. They have bump stocks and they have automatic weapons, blah, blah, blah. Not a single one of those people is at the Capitol. Because if they really had decided in any numbers to show up and actually attack the Capitol, you would have known it, baby. And it would have been it would have been a disaster and there would have been bloodshed and it would have been an event unlike any in our nation's history going back basically to the Civil War. Mm -hmm. So for them to then pretend that a bunch of knuckleheads and again, throw the book at them. I don't care. Okay, throw the book at them. Whatever, whatever crime that you can find that they committed, then put them in jail. Of course, what it now seems like, however, is that they're harassing people. Uh, did you just read the article about the guy in New Jersey in the New York Post who, because he attended the rally, just he was there. He wasn't actually, he wasn't one of the people that went into the buildings. He wasn't even close to it, but he mentioned this to his friends and they know him as a sulfurous MAGA voter. This guy has been... The, the FBI stormed his house, took all of his data, his computers, everything. This, I think they put him in handcuffs. I mean, see, this is where people should become enraged because what they are attempting to do, and they have been attempting this for a long time, is to cast anyone 
who is in political disagreement with them as essentially a domestic terrorist. And if you think yeah. I'm overstating that, listen to the language that they use when they talk about who we are need to be on the lookout for. And in fact, uh, it was very disturbing to me that whichever of the latest members of our corrupted military officer corps was testifying, and he was being asked, please define what an extremist is, because that's their whole thing. We're hunting for extremists in our midst. And he flatly refused to say, he just kept speaking in circles and tautologies, well, we're just on the lookout for extremism, and that's what extremism is. It's extremist. They want to cast people who support Trump, who support conservatives, uh, as potential insurrectionists. That's exactly why they chose that narrative, and they're going to continue. And that's what the guns are linked to. This is now their next. This is their next uh, crusade. No, you are one hundred percent right. I was driving home uh, the other day, and I, was, I thought about this tribalism discussion. And again, a friend has talked about it, but other people talk about it too. And it, it's it's considered the the worst thing that's ever happened to our country. My tribe is different than your tribe, and right now it's politically motivated. But I thought about every facet of our lives is broken down into tribes. The town you live in versus the town next to you. The school you went to versus the schools around you. The college. It's always us, them. That's a tribe. You know, you might belong to multiple tribes, but everybody is part of a tribe. Christian, non-Christian. You know, it's always tribal, but we're, we're being led to believe that, well, this is Donald Trump. Donald Trump did this. If I look back over my life, I've been in one tribe or another my entire life and continue to be, and I will be going forward. As humans, I think we, we tend to put people in boxes, ourselves included, because it's easier for us to define. It's easier for us to accept. When I look at the January 6th rioters and I look at um, everything that happened last summer, name the city. There were weapons in those cities, fireworks, lasers, guns, autonomous zones, you know, insurrection. Several, Actually, several dozen murders. Yes. Several dozen what murders. The Capitol was a bunch of idiots doing something idiotic and getting punished for it. One woman losing her life. But think about this. Had Ashley Babbitt been black and shot by a Capitol Police person. Would we know the name of the Capitol Police person? Or, or whomever shot it. Maybe it wasn't Capitol Police. I don't know who shot, shot Ashley Babbitt because yeah. nobody will tell us. But if, it w- if she w- had been black, would we know the answer to that question? Probably. Because before you even get a chance to find out anything about the officer, it's already painted as a racial profile. This person killed this person because they're white and she's, he or she is black. That's that's the motive of everything. We didn't see that in the um, when when the car driver of the car back in I think it was March ran down a Capitol policeman. Turns out he was a Louis Farrakhan uh, devotee. That, that story went away, gone, just gone because we don't because he was black and he killed a white guy. So therefore, it's no, no, don't have to worry about that. Not a MAGA guy, so we don't I have to talk. I, I mentioned before. And I, and I bring this up again to just show the this the double standards and the, hypo, the just the grotesque hypocrisy of these people. When Donald Trump was inaugurated on mm-hmm. the day of his inauguration in D.C., 
there were riots throughout the city to the point, and I don't have any anything in front of me right now. I believe there were over 40 different arrests. And not only that, so people assaulting police, assaulting passersby, destroying businesses. And there is a photo, I I don't know what time it is, but it's in the evening from the air, taken either by a drone or a helicopter, where you can literally see from the air four or five fires burning Mm -hmm. in the D.C. downtown area This was the day of Trump's inauguration. Where was our friend, Mr. I'm appalled, this is the worst thing in the history of America. Where were any of those people when that anarchy was going on? And this was before he had become the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, right? They all hated him, but not with the intensity of 10,000 sons when he started tweeting. The first, he wasn't even president. He was inaugurated, and they were running rampant in the streets. Mm-hmm. It's not even mentioned. No. It's not, it's not, it's just, again, uh, another Orwell, very useful phrase, down the memory hole. That didn't mm-hmm. happen. No, no. And, and we keep rep- referencing orwell in 1984 he, he was a socialist <laughs> just so we're clear orwell, oh, absolutely uh, completely but you know something else came up since we last talked and it was the fact that the park police in june of 2020 told us they did not use tear gas to clear the space so trump could walk to the church and hold up the bible that our friend was so quick to tell us he didn't the church even that had been set on fire the night before right, right. By the uh, peaceful protesters. Right. And we were told, well, Biden repeated it. Kamala Harris repeated it. The mainstream media repeated it. That Trump had used tear gas to clear that square. No, they didn't. They cleared it because of the violence. It had nothing to do with his photo op. It was opportunistic, probably. But they weren't clear. Well, no, here's the thing. But here's the thing. There's more than that. The, the indictment that spread far and wide, and I would encourage anyone who's interested in revisiting this, because this was a staple on, uh, you know, the lead story for probably, oh, it was weeks. And our friend mm-hmm. was one of those that was just banging the drum about this. It wasn't just that they used tear gas. It's that they dispersed these citizens so Trump could have a photo op. And mm-hmm. that has been completely refuted. Because yeah. the IG issued a report. By the way, did you hear about this report, Chad? New York Times, Washington Post? Anyone? No, no, our no. friend? Did our no, friend no. do a deep dive into the no. details, no. the factual findings of this report? Which, by the way, went very comprehensive. They interviewed, I don't know, you know, a thousand people, whatever. And what they found was is that this had already been planned and they needed access to that area for a contractor who was a, so that they could continue putting up the fencing it had literally nothing to do with Donald Trump. He didn't ask them to do it. It had nothing to do with a photo op. It was already planned weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any retraction? And no, because these people traffic in absolute propaganda and lies, and then they turn around and project and accuse everyone else of being the right the big lie. There have been so many big lies since the Russia collusion story that you can't even keep track of them. So this is this is a perfect example of this kind of thing where the media, you and I, and I think we had a slight disagreement on this before, but 
the media has always been biased. The media has always tilted to the left. Mm-hmm. They have always, I think, certainly on the editorial side historically, you know, attempted to support what they believe to be the, the proper role of the government, etc. But we are at a stage where our media have abandoned all pretense of actually mm-hmm. being journalists. They are absolute and utter propagandists who they will they will lie they will suppress information they will intentionally alter information right they i I wouldn't put it past them i said this before and i'm sure it's actually happened they'll photoshop they view themselves now merely as the uh, the arm of a particular party or movement in this country and any any ends uh, are just are any means are justified by those ends, and I, again, I don't think we've ever been in this place with the media before either. Uh, they, they are they're beneath contempt, frankly. Well, I, I think our disagreement was more around. I have never felt the media at any time in the history of journalism was actually adheres to any of the ethics they claim to adhere to. I think they've always been uh, an arm of somebody, and I would I would say there's there's right wing and there's left wing, and there always has been. Uh, throughout history, I don't think when you hear about ethics in journalism, I laugh. I, I truly cackle inside because it's such a joke to me that they stand there with a straight face and say, I have journalistic ethics. No, you don't. Everything you say is editorialized. You can claim it's unbiased and you can claim it's factually based, but you only selectively choose the facts you want to meet the story you want it to be. I have always felt like that. I don't, I can't think of a time in history when I'm thinking back when it wasn't like that. And anybody who is claiming otherwise, you got to show me some proof because well, I don't believe. And I think, I think the point though, is that they're not even attempting to claim that it's unbiased anymore. Really? No. In fact, no. if you Dean Baquet or however you say his last name, the current, uh, guy that's running the New York Times admitted this a couple of years ago when you know Trump was still in office, where he basically said, "Look, our job is to essentially to take this guy down. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. That's we're it. focused on him." And then because they had that famous meeting where they then had to pivot to, "Well, all right, um, I guess now we got to push the uh, you know the, the race stuff because they have either a transcript or at least notes from one of these internal." you know, Maoist struggle sessions at the New York times and mm-hmm. the news side was clamoring and demanding to know why every story, every story. Okay. Not just, uh, stories about race, every story, stories about the environment, stories about, I don't know, local weddings, why every story was not automatically including all of the orthodoxy on race and oppression, and that this had to be embedded within everything they did. And the guy running the, the paper basically said, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's, that's what we need to be engaged in. So I think my point is, Walter Cronkite, liberal, right? Edward R. Murrow, liberal. Go down, go down the list. Peter Jennings, liberal. Even Tom oh. Brokaw, who wrote a really good book about the greatest generation, and I think is an honorable guy, he's a liberal. But yeah. those guys are not – they would not have tolerated, in my view, information suppression, okay? Hacking transcripts to make it look like something other than that was said 
was mm-hmm. actually stated, right? The kind of stuff that's going on that you do when you're trying to emulate, you know, Lenny Riefenstahl's shtick <laughs> as well, opposed to reporting the news. I have a quote here. Propaganda wouldn't be necessary if it was true. You bring up Lenny Riefenstahl from the Nazis. If it was easily understood and true, you wouldn't need a propagandist. Joseph Goebbels would not need to exist if what the people were seeing in Nazi Germany was true. You know, if they could see that the Jews had horns and, and uh, forked tongues and hooves, then they wouldn't need Joseph Goebbels. If they could have seen that they were winning the war easily, then they would not have needed a propagandist. This is modern-day propaganda. And it doesn't matter which side you're talking about, but you, you can't tell me the sky is, is red when I can clearly see that it's blue, but I'm wrong and you're right because you told me that. That's the problem I find with our media is that they bring their opinion out, they share their opinion, and then act as though it's a fact because it's their opinion. And guess what? All my friends agree with me. Well, it doesn't make it true just because everybody agrees with you. You can still be wrong and have everyone agree with you. That's, we go back to the Clinton era, running the country by poll. Now, maybe there was polling before that, and that's how certain decisions were made. But it really became evident under Bill Clinton that we're going to run this country based on what the polls tell us people want. Now, I don't think that's how I want the country run. I want somebody intelligent saying, I'm going to do the right thing, even though you may not like it. We go back to Truman. Truman wasn't polled well. People thought he was a, a joke, failed haberdasher. But somehow, in, in retrospect, he looks like he was a decent president. I don't always agree with everything he did, but he seemed like a decent guy, decent president. I can't say that about some of these other people who put their finger up, Joe Biden included. You put your finger up and go, hmm, which way is the wind blowing? That's the way I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to do because that's what people think they want today. That's that's a ridiculous. Well, way to- I don't I don't think that Joe Biden is put. First of all, Joe Biden, I don't think he has the capacity to put his finger up and no. test the wind. Joe Joe Biden is uh, doing what he is told to do, what he has essentially been programmed to do. Here's here's another interesting thought while we're talking about this stuff. Um, again, all of the people, the so-called honest brokers, that uh, they just wanted to remove Trump, they wanted to bring honor and integrity back to the Oval Office and good old moderate Joe Biden. Have any of these people actually mentioned the fact that, um, particularly people who are Christians, that he is now promoting, and, and we've, we've talked about this, the most radically left-wing uh, campaign and administration that this country has ever seen. He's, he's several notches to the left, substantial notches to the left of Barack Obama's administration. Yes. And and everything that he's doing, everything that he's doing. In fact, here's a, here's an example. And this isn't really so much about left wing, although did you see, and you have to, again, you have to give them credit for just complete brazen chutzpah. So this whole thing where they want this infrastructure bill to be passed. And so you got to love this. So what Biden has said is apparently I was reading about this yesterday there's some compromise. They've achieved kumbaya. They've mm. held hands. There's a compromise for, you know, whatever, one eleventy gazillion, whatever number we're up to, because apparently money doesn't matter anymore. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so the deal, so the deal was essentially that this compromise took out most of the the absurd has nothing to do with infrastructure. It's just a progressive wish list, you know, cornucopia. Uh, and we're only going to really focus on the tangible infrastructure that that's what it used to mean 24 hours ago. And Biden has said, well, that's right. And he's he's out saying, and this I have I have shepherded through this compromise. Oh, by the way, however, I'm not going to sign off on the compromise until Chuck Schumer jams through all the other stuff that was taken out of the compromise by reconciliation, and then mm-hmm. we're going to then we're going to sign it. See how yes. see how easy it is to reach across the aisle. <laughs> I mean, and again, oh, yeah. do you think anybody in the media said, well, um, wait a minute? then that doesn't sound like you actually compromised. It sounds like you're getting everything that you demanded and are refusing to compromise. Um, and that's, and you're just lying to the American people, which mm-hmm. I heard recently is bad because the other, the other guy told 1 million billion lies, according to the Washington post. We don't track that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And, well, and yet there's the Republicans. Oh, and they're so shocked, right? I got to love the Republicans. This is I can't believe Lucy has snatched the football. She promised. She promised us she wouldn't do that. Like, what? Do you, who do you think you're dealing with here? Well, see, here's my question. What? If you think we need infrastructure, okay, then, then it's true infrastructure. You negotiate on nothing else. And if you're not negotiating good faith, the Democrats, because you know you're just going to add everything else to reconciliation – then you're not really negotiating good faith. You're just lying to us. We've already established that Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are not going to uh, get rid of the filibuster. So you need 60 votes and you're not going to, you shouldn't get 60 votes, even though I believe five Republicans said they would vote for this before it came out. I am questioning why here's what you say, do your reconciliation and then we'll talk about your infrastructure. Force it through if that's what you're going to do because you're going to do it anyway. I'm not even sure why they were negotiating. You know what well, I mean? That's Isn't that's exactly the point. Is after you have observed, after you have observed the way that they conduct themselves, mm-hmm. why would you negotiate with them on anything? Now, now again, our friend would gasp in dismay and sure. would say, "This is horrendous, mm-hmm. Tony." One of these people who is um, an arsonist who wants to blow up the government and to disallow to prevent the good deeds from flowing forth to the citizenry because he's uh, he's a rank partisan who can't get past his quest for political power. Right. Whatever nonsense that is. No, here's what I'm saying. The other side has no intention of dealing with you fairly. By the way, we're also now, what is the number, Chad? 26 trillion, 29 trillion in debt. We're not spending any more money that we don't have. Sorry. And by the way, since we've demonstrated no willingness to engage at all, because once you're in power, what have you been threatening? Oh, pack the court. DC becomes a state. We're going to do away with the electoral college. You guys have telegraphed this. You expect me? No, no, no. This is now an alley fight. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Constitution is set up. It likes alley fights. It yeah. likes obstruction. Mm-hmm. It likes gridlock. See, mm-hmm. gridlock is good. 
So is obstruction, particularly when you're dealing with people that will not negotiate in good faith. And most of what they want to cram through is incredibly destructive and has nothing to do with what they claim that it's going to solve. So again, yes, why would anyone in the Republican side of this, I, if I was Mitch McConnell, I would have announced, here's the deal. Starting with this Congress, there will not be a single Republican that will vote with a Democrat on any policy issue. The mm. end. Uh, oh, yeah. the wails and the screams unto heaven of how, you know, again, the government, the foundations of democracy are shaking. No, they're not. No. no see, we think that your agenda is terrible for the country. You have never played fair. Right. You lie. And every time you get into power, you then try to expand your power and lock us out. We're simply not playing along anymore. Yeah. So, no, we will not cooperate. We will not negotiate. Uh, we will do nothing. And hopefully in 2022. And by the way, we'll risk we'll risk the electorate getting mad at us because we're not passing through, you know, additional trans bathroom laws. Uh, and then we'll see what comes in 2022 when we have because right now it, there isn't any. There isn't any consensus. How can you have a consensus with their agenda? How can you meet in the middle on the Equality Act or HR1 or what they want to do with immigrants? You can't. No. There's well, no there, middle. There never has been a middle. And we play this well, game. sometimes there's a middle. Okay, sometimes there's a middle if we were actually back in a rational world where we could discuss things. But their current agenda, there's no, there's no middle ground there. No. Well, and I'm going to give Ben Shapiro credit for this. He believes, and he's stated a number of times, that Biden knows he's a one-term president, or, or his handlers know he's a one-term president. Let's say that. I don't think and, Biden knows. Well, Biden probably doesn't know anything. But he's trying to push through the biggest spending ever. He's trying to be – he's trying to outdo Barack Obama in being Barack Obama, and this is the only way to do it. And that's why you're cramming all this stuff in, whether it's the spending or whether it's immigration or wh whatever you want. It's so extreme because he has a limited time. He has no ch no chance of making a, another term. It's just not reality for anybody to think that. Oh, sure. I, I mean, that was what we expected, right? Is that they, uh, you know, they've got the whip hand. We got to mm -hmm. try to do it by any means necessary. Here, again, I'm sure people that listen to this are thinking, you know, Tony, you're you're being completely hyperbolic about about some of this. Here's a example just from yesterday. Uh, do you know who uh, is heading up Biden's DOJ now, Chad? Uh, the AG, you mean? Merrick Garland? Mm -hmm. No, no. The Merrick district, uh, the Department of Justice. Who is the civil? Who is the head of the Civil Rights Division for the Department of oh, Justice? Do you know? I can't remember her name, name, but she's uh, yes. Her name. Her name is right. Kristen Clark. Um, yeah. The um, the unfortunate Susan Collins, um, who I will give Susan credit for having the courage to say what was necessary during the Kavanaugh hearing, but in general, uh, you, she gets rolled. Kristen, Kristen Clark is a radical, radicals radical. Okay. Yeah. This is a woman, this is a woman that should never have been nominated and in a sane world would not have been nominated. And we've talked about her. She has a history of claiming that African-Americans are both spiritually and physically and mentally superior based on the melanin content uh, in their brains and their bodies. Of course, now she's claimed, oh, she was just joking. However, the woman seems like she laughs probably every uh, Haley's Comet sighting. And more importantly, <laughs> she also, during that time, invited a raging anti-Semite 
to speak. She cited scholarship from fringe, also kind of racialist, kind of Farrakhan type individuals. This woman, now again, if this was the track record of a Republican nominee, just flip the script and make them, uh, you know, going to band camp with David Duke, they would never see the light of day. This woman is now heading up the Department of Justice because of course she is. And now the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia for implementing election law changes under, again, the lie being that they're somehow disenfranchising people. Notably, however, the law that is being proposed in Georgia actually is far less stringent than even Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. But we're going to use the DOJ because this is what leftists do. We're going to use the government to stop a perfectly constitutional law that was passed by the people of that state uh, mm-hmm. because we don't like it and it prevents us from making our omelet, right? Yeah. That's what they do. Well, Now, I'm again, glad- how do you compromise? How do you compromise with someone like Kristen Clark? You can't. What is the, what is the middle ground with her agenda? Please you, you tell mean, me. Well, it, it sounds an awful lot like uh, Hamas. The agenda is you don't exist and I do what I want. That's the agenda. That was actually on the rundown. I know you didn't know that, but I, I was going to talk about that that uh, DOJ thing and calling Merrick Garland a, a moderate in 2016. Sure. Was a joke because he wasn't a moderate and he still isn't a moderate and he's running a DOJ that is not a moderate. Look, I have enough respect for Barack Obama in his uh, political knife fighting skills. If you think that Barack Obama, when he had, a, had an opportunity to replace Antonin Scalia, was going to go grab a moderate to the Supreme court. Well, I'm sorry, but you should probably go back into the sensory deprivation tank because (laughs) seriously, again, that guy knew what he was doing. Of Mm -hmm. course, Merrick Garland isn't a moderate. Oh, he seems like a very nice gentleman. He would have rubber stamped. The reason they wanted him is because they wanted him to rubber stamp Obamacare and everything that came up with the expanding administrative state, which is now where all, all the sausage is made. That's where it's all happening, Chad. It's not actually at the legislative level. It's all of the bureaucrats that are busily writing these regulations. And Merrick Garland was the guy that was going to grease the skids on all of that stuff. And now he's heading up a woman who is a overt anti-Semite and racialist who believes that, again, he, he might, she might as well be um, uh, she's joined at the hip with every Aryan supremacist you ever want. They're just the mirror image of each other. And she's running the civil rights division. Yes. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's, this is Lewis Carroll kind of stuff uh-huh. through the looking glass. Yes. Um, I want to finish up and I don't know if you saw this in Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, oh yes. They had a school board meeting this week and now this is a County that overwhelmingly voted for Biden and Hillary Clinton. And they had a, little CRT uh, discussion that ended up in a riot and arrests and dispersal by the police because apparently they weren't comfortable with CRT in the community and the board just kind of wanted to push it through critical race theory. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I, I read this today and it makes total sense. If you take Kristen Clark or CRT and you replace the word black with white and you say it's not racist then you're, you're a fool because it still sounds racist when you replace it with different skin color. 
it's all racist, but it's being couched as something better. I'm being told we should talk about critical race theory because, you know, people think about it. Even even the uh, uh, Joint Chief of Staff gentleman testifying sure. was telling us that we should do this. I I personally, um, I'm offended that the U.S. USS Gerald Ford is promoting Pride Month. A fighting yeah. ship in our Navy is promoting Pride Month and our diversity and our inclusiveness. I want a fighting force that goes out and kicks the butt of everybody they see. I don't want inclusiveness. I want exclusiveness. I want the best of the best. I don't want the, hey, we, we took you because we had to meet a quota. That's well, not that what was the That was the old military. We, we, this is the um, new military. Then, and and the new military, Chad, is going to get is going to get people killed, and, well, and by, what I mean is it's going to get its own soldiers killed, and it's going to get American citizens and others they're attempting to protect killed. Because when you replace the the goal, which should be the single minded goal of being the best fighting force in the world for purposes mm-hmm. of, as they say, you know, smashing and breaking things, because that's what guess what? That's what armies and navies and air forces do. Uh, as yep. unpleasant as it is to contemplate that, and uh, of course, those that have served and died, uh, you know, we owe them our, an incredible unpayable debt. But when you start trafficking in social engineering, uh, then what you have is you don't have a military anymore. And we are well along the way now because the rot is apparently infesting almost every level of the officer corps. See, the yeah. guys the guys at the bottom, okay, the warriors, the mm-hmm. guys that are actually out there being sent into combat, I think they're they're still the greatest fighting force in the world and they're they're not down with this but the leadership has totally totally bought in and again it it kind of it disgusts me to hear this kind of nonsense emanating from people who are going to make decisions to say oh and by the way impugning really impugning the integrity of the men that fight for them, because even though they said, well, it's a small problem, what you're basically saying is we've got a bunch of guys in the military. Yeah, they're kind of hillbillies. They don't get it. Uh, they need to be taught about you know, equity, diversity, because it's a problem. But here's the thing. They're more than willing to send all of those good old boys okay, who have grown up for generations serving, who will lay down their lives in a heartbeat for this country and its citizens, and they're going to impugn them out of one side of their mouth and then tell them to go take that beachhead or go on that uh, patrol in Afghanistan where there's going to be improvised explosive devices and sniper attacks. And so there's the political constituency that's represented by the war fighters in this country are, of course, all the deplorables. And that's what makes it even more despicable that they are now attempting to hinder their ability to do their job and smear them at the same time. Well, and that's what I would say. So um, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is an Army general named Mark Mark Milley. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, He should resign. If, If he truly believes what he said to Congress, he should resign because you're right. You're impugning the very people you're trying to get to volunteer for service and calling a bunch of redneck, ignorant hicks. That's basically what you're saying. You don't understand. Your betters have told you what, what to do. You brought up the fact that people are going to get killed. If you don't 100% trust every person around you to have your back in a fight, 
then you're in trouble because you're only as strong as your weakest link. Have, has anybody ever heard that? I mean, obviously it's said in, in sports as well, but you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link. If your weakest link is not really fully committed, then it doesn't matter if the other 99 out of the hundred are, because that's where they're going to come in. That's where the, the, the salt comes. You, you cannot have a fractured, socially engineered fighting force trying to project social norms. Now, and some people, some people have said, well, what about integration in the military? We had separation during the civil war. There was some black regiments during world war one. There were, but Wilson was a racist. So we took away all that uh, integration and it wasn't until after world war two that we were fully integrated again. To me, that's a, totally a very simple answer to that. What's that? There is no legitimate basis to distinguish and exclude based on skin color. There are incredibly legitimate and objectively quantifiable reasons why, for instance, women can't do things that men can do. And mm -hmm. so here's, and again, I've said this as well. If a woman can meet all of the requirements of the job and can carry a man on her back and can shoot with accuracy and passes every physical test that has not been downgraded to allow some artificial standard, then they should be out there. Now, we can address later, I also have reservations about the fact that when you put women in combat and they are now at risk of being captured and the things that happen to women in those scenarios, it's, a, it's also a very difficult dynamic because men react differently. However, sure. just from what we're talking about on a merit-based standard, more power to it. If every person, we talked about this with the whole uh, pregnancy flight suits, if yeah. the best fighter pilots in the world turned out to be women who were 30 or you know, 22 weeks pregnant, then they should all be up there in the F-15s F-16s and the top, whatever, great. That's who belongs there. But there is a legitimate reason to say that, no, they can't meet all of those criteria not most of the time. And the same thing with, let's say, trans people, okay? LGBT, gay is not a legitimate criteria by which to exclude someone. Trans sure. is. Why? Because we have all manner of medical information that people that are trans who are transitioning or have transitioned are tend to be suicidal. They tend to have many, many mental health issues. I'm sorry. I guess it's impolitic to say that, but the medical literature is very clear. And so once again, these are handicaps that will get people killed. You're mm -hmm. not allowed to say these things, but this just happens to be true. And I would think that I'd rather be... I don't know, construed as rude and crude or cruel. Well, if it's going to save some people's lives because we're not sending people out into harm's way when they are responsible for not only their own life, but others who are in their unit, then I'm more than willing to pay that price. But apparently the leadership of our military no longer care about those sorts of things. Many of them. Well, and, that, and that's the sad fact. Uh, I agree with you. If, if I would say, I don't care who you are, if you meet the criteria, and the criteria hasn't been changed or dumbed down to, to allow more people to get in. And that would go for men as well. If you can't do the things that other men can do, then you shouldn't be in that role. You shouldn't be a SEAL. If you can't do all the things that you need to do to be a SEAL, then you shouldn't be a SEAL just because you, your intersectional group somehow uh, fits what we're looking for today. That's not how it is. I want the best of the best. I want the trained fighting force. I don't want my Marines saying, you know, I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable with this direction we're going in. 
You follow orders, you do what you're told. That's why you're there. But if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be in the military. I don't care who you are, but I, I'm getting tired of the constant, we have to push the envelope. And I think we've talked about this before. I was told, you know, we just want equal rights to marry. Now I have to agree that we should make a cake for you. And we should, we should bless your union because it's just only fair that I agree with what you want. You don't agree with what I want. You don't have to agree with me. I have to agree with you. Because if I don't, then I'm a phobe of some sort. And I grow weary of that constant battle where I know this isn't the end. It's going to be pushed further. It's just a stepping stone to the next thing. There is no end. Well, that's the problem. Until everybody agrees with you, it's never going to stop. So telling me this is all I want. It's not all you want. Look Look at the IRS. They're adding $49 billion to the budget for the IRS. Do you think that's so they can just do a better job of checking your, your tax return and get you more refund? I'm pretty sure that is. That is the pretty reason. Pretty sure that's not it. I'm almost positive because they think they can get another $100 billion out of you per year if they add $49 billion worth of staff and auditing. So it's not to benefit me. And I've, I've said this over and over again in the past. It, it's about power and money. It's always about power and or money or the combination of the two. And that is all that these people want. When government's there, it's not to help you. It's to help themselves. Don't let them well, tell and you. Because, and because it's about power, your point is exactly correct, which is there is never going to be a point in time when these people say, we have achieved what we need to achieve. We need to celebrate our progress because the minute that they say that John McWhorter has made this point. I've, I've referenced it earlier where McWhorter said, and I've heard him say this in multiple venues. He he basically said, you know, I could actually get behind because he, he considers himself, he's a liberal said, Mm -hmm. I could get behind the idea of reparations. Um, and of course I don't agree with that at all, but he, but his point was, but you know why I won't? Because I know that the day after all of the reparations were paid and whatever amount was deemed to equate to justice, the very next day there would be a new demand, Mm -hmm. a new accusation that we have to do something else. And the reason is because these people are not interested in actually achieving anything. They simply want to maintain power over others. And you can't do that when you've said We've reached the pinnacle. We're no mm-hmm. longer needed. We don't yep. need to do this anymore. Oh, well, wait, I guess you're not needed either. No. Al, Jesse, AOC, the squad. Yeah. So no one's ever going to say it's enough. No one ever is going to say we're making progress, right? This denial that we've gotten any better since you know the 1960s, because in order, if you're going to say that, then you have to admit, huh, Perhaps we don't need to pay you, Robin D'Angelo, $100,000 for you to come in and tell other white people about their whiteness on your ridiculous book. Maybe we just should ignore you as a crank, which we should have done yeah. from the beginning. Yes. So there is, no, there is no end. There is no end. The goalposts will continue to move. There will be no admission of progress by any of these people at the leading edge, certainly not any meaningful progress. And that's the game. You can't escape. 
Well, it it's it never ends, and and you brought up reparations. I am not in favor of reparations of any kind of any sort. I never enslaved anybody, and nobody alive today was a slave. End of end of discussion. We're done. Uh, same. I'm going to say this is going to be controversial. Probably some people. The Tulsa race riots, 1921. Uh, they're all dead. Or I think there's nine left. Nine people that were survivors who were alive in Tulsa in 1921. Um, I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not sure why the country should pay for reparations to somebody that wasn't alive. I wasn't alive then. Were you? You weren't alive in 1921. I know you're old, but not quite that old. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah, really I don't, sure. I don't, I don't think I was. <laughs> if you were, you were. My very, memory, my very... memory is a little hazy at this point because I am so old. So it's possible. Yeah. But it, it's not some. This whole idea of reparations and trying to rewrite the past, you can't change the past. You know, if you look at the greatest empires of the world, uh, and I think the U.S. is, what do you call them, empire or not? I think one of the f- the foremost and probably the, the richest that ever existed. They didn't go back and say, oh, man, we're really sorry for taking over your country. We're, we're really sorry for that, you know? Well, let, let's pay you off so you feel better about the fact that we stole everything from you. You know, you can say it to the Native Americans. You can... We did horrible things to the, the Native Americans in this country. We did horrible things to the black population in this country. But what I'll tell you is we didn't do those to you. We did them to your ancestors, and I didn't do them. Our ancestors did that. So I can't change the past. There's no amount of, no amount of money is going to change what happened in Tulsa in 1921. Not a penny will change anything. So what's the, what's the purpose? Is it to hold whom accountable? Because the people who did it are dead, and the people who it happened to are dead. What do we? What do we? But do Chad, who- you look disturbingly like the people who did it, and that's really yeah. all we need to know about you. Yes, and and again, remember what I said earlier: if you can change black to white, is it not still racist? I can't change my skin color. You can't change your skin color. Other than Michael Jackson, I don't know anybody else who could change their skin color. So tell me. If you can't change it, what are you supposed to do about it? What am I supposed to do to fix what you think is wrong with me? I I think you're supposed to go to a lot of seminars. Sure. um, But you still people tell you 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 should be you should feel very badly about being white. Okay. I can change what you're supposed to do. I can change my behavior. I can I can change my job. I can change my house. I can change. No, see, they're not asking you to change your behavior because your behavior is irrelevant. Right. See, That's what I'm saying. Everyone agrees that your behavior has not caused anyone any harm, but that doesn't matter. Simply by being white. I, we're not, we're not interested in your conduct or your morality or your perspective uh, as an individual. Individuals don't matter. All we need to know is you are assigned to that particular tribe. And as we, as we keep pointing out, this is an idea that the Richard Spencers of the world think is absolutely fabulous because this is exactly, this is exactly what led to uh, the hundreds of years of slavery because, Hey, guess what? And, and Kristen Clark, Kristen Clark, flip her, uh, All you have to do is instead of taking her perspective, which is that melanin makes black people superior, well, guess what? We know what the opposite of that perspective is, and look how that played out. That didn't work very well for a long time, but there is no distinction. There is absolutely no distinction between her worldview and that of someone who was running a plantation in 1840. 
flip the color, flip the, flip the race you're talking about. And it's still racist regardless of how you do it. And I, I know I've been told if you're a minority group, you can't be racist, which I'm not sure. What, what was the, um, Ibram X Kennedy racism is pay, people using their race to racially discriminate against other races. Something oh, yeah. along those lines, like mm. yeah. I, all I hear when he talks is uh, Jabberwocky. That, that's that's all that uh, that's all I really hear. I hear the the teacher from Charlie Brown. I mean it. It all breaks down when you start thinking about it too long, and they're hoping you don't think. You just act and you use emotion to, to re- respond to everything. And I just I can't do it. I, I don't. I'm not worth that way. That's all I got tonight, Tony. Anything you wanted to add on top of our... No, I uh, think we have once again done more than sufficient damage. As we always seem to do. All right, folks. Thanks for joining. Think about working on that intro, Chad. Uh, I will. If I get some time, I'll try to come up with another intro, but I can't promise anything to your wife. It's going to happen anytime (laughs) soon. So let her know. I've taken under advisement. We'll see what I can come up with at some point. Just some point in the future. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. Thanks for listening. This has been a Hannah Tree production.